This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. All things sweet, all things sour. It's always been sweet for the citrus industry, which has grown to be the second largest in the world, South Africa's contribution to citrus agriculture worldwide. But with markets very volatile, trade routes um, that have been uh, blocked, or it's just been difficult to get goods to market, inflation creeping in, the sweetness is slowly turning into something sour. But as I said earlier on, can we turn everything from lemons to lemonade? Hmm? Can we see the what what metaphor can we come up with an orange there, uh, Owen? It doesn't matter. Dr. Susan Dombella is going to help us with that. <laughs> He's the vice president for Ag- Agricultural Economics Association of South Africa and a special advisor to the Minister of Agriculture. And we're talking all things citrus, a great, great contributor to the South African uh, agricultural economy. But now you're concerned. Why? Very good morning to you and uh, good morning to your listeners. I, I thought you would send and turn it into some of the good source of uh, of, uh, of of vitamin C. Giving uh, that there we go. From- there we go. <laughs> so so we've got lemons to lemonade, oranges to vitamin C for the economy. Yeah, and boosting our immune system. We have one. We can write a whole limerick with you this morning. <laughs> Thank you for your time, Dr. Ntombela. So why are we talking about the citrus industry? I think if we're looking at the context of the South African agricultural economy, it's a sector that is very much export-orientated. Mm-hmm. 55% of the value of the sector is now generated from export markets. And if you talk export products, citrus is the leading exporter in terms of the agricultural economy. So it's one of the sectors that is literally generating the value and the export earning for the country. Now, that being the case, of course, then it's the industry that has seen a massive investment into new cultivars and going across the countries. But now with the changes globally of countries increasingly becoming more protective in their markets, citrus industry is one of those that has been impacted. Um, there is a, last year they've seen a changes in terms of the sanitary and phytosanitary regulations in Europe, particularly that impacted the profitability and the competitiveness of the South African citrus and that industry. So that is starting to have challenges. And what are those? Are specifically relating to um, you all know and the listeners might have known. There's always been a battle with the um, one of the uh, um, diseases in the industry, which is the citrus black spot. Um, and now there's a false cotton moth uh, uh, um, which is impacting on those. So it's basically around the signs of that, mm. and which is being now used to basically impact the excess of the citrus industry into the European market. Ah, and you know, this is just reminding me, and it's just a little bit of a deflection. This reminds me of some of the issues always about getting goods into um, Europe through numerous different uh, trade agreements. And Africans have always said the use of health and safety standards, whilst important, also becomes another way of keeping the competition at bay. And as you're talking like this, I'm asking myself, you know, these concerns about the black spot, um, are they widespread? Is this a serious issue in the industry? What brought it about? Or is this another way of curbing the competition? How do you see it? Well, when we're purely having a scientific arguments on these, 
the, the, the science is the enhanced proven budget, both locally on the scientists and internationally, that the arguments put around the safety regulation on this particular disease is not necessarily just. Mm. And over and above that, South African industries have put in a very comprehensive uh, risk management program that is making sure that there's a minimal transmission of this disease to the international market. Mm. So it has been proven over the time. But of course, that doesn't then stop other international markets to continue changing the regulations based on these scientific arguments that you have put in. Yeah. And I think that's why South Africa has put in a decision to then say, let it deepen its diplomatic relations with the international market so that we both understand and we share scientific information. But of course, they have also looked at the exploring or some of the other mechanisms within the WTO yeah. to ensure that there is no unfair usage of some of these instruments that are there yeah. to protect the safety and the consumer's um, yeah. um, well-being. Okay, yeah, and these are the non-tariff barriers that were very, very sticky issue in the liberalization phase of the WTO um, negotiations in the last round. Okay, so it then affects the citrus industry. But just give us a sense of how big uh, citrus farming is in South Africa. I'm told that is a component of agriculture. It's sort of the second largest contributor or we are the second largest exporter in the world. Yes, we are the second largest exporter in the world, um, and one of the biggest players we compete with in the export is Spain, who tends to be one of the countries yes. in Europe. So you will understand that perhaps at some times maybe the Europeans will cater for more of the homeboys than the outsiders, and we tend to overlap in certain points. And I think also we've seen um, two weeks ago, which is one of the good faith also about the South African industries, where they have voluntarily put in a, a, a halt in terms of the export going to the Europe, which is part of the reason of giving a much more bigger window opportunities as the Northern Hemisphere start now getting in into the new season. But coming back into South Africa and giving you the context of it, that it's, it's, it's one of the biggest exporters in terms of the generation of the foreign earnings, but also one of the biggest uh, contributors into the generation of employment. They are employing over 100,000 people at the farm level. And if you're looking wow. at the downscale industries, it can go up to about 150 or more than on the, on that. But more importantly, this is the industry that is also investing in the rural areas and, and, and absorbing some of the small skills. Um, and semi-skills areas into it. And these are part and parcel of the industries that we know in the National Development Plan where we're saying we're striving to promote those high-value crops other industries such as the citrus, the fruits and, uh, and the other ones that needs to be right. supported and protected. And hopefully that with the challenges also, there will be a need to now advance our engagement yeah. with opening up alternative and uh, market or at least expanding the export market yeah. into the Asian, Asian countries, the Middle East, as well as some mm. of the American countries. So the way I'm going to ask this question is purely anecdotal. You know, it just is and it sounds very simple, but you can help me. So I know when, I, when I've traveled to Europe, especially parts of southern Italy, it doesn't matter which street you're on, doesn't matter how urban the road is, you always have the smell of oranges. There are orange trees everywhere. There are orange groves inside a city square. There are orange groves in people's backyards. So if South Africa is the second largest exporter of citrus products, where are these orange groves? Where are these lemon trees? Where are these farms? 
<laughs> yes, uh, that, that's a very interesting one. <laughs> um, and I think if you go into provinces like in Limpopo and you look at the mangoes or the avocados, you might have a, a same sense in terms of every household have that. Yes, it's the same, yeah. But not necessarily in other industries. And it goes back into the policy reforms that the country has adopted during the transition into the democratic state in the early 90s and mid 90s. And what we've seen is really the commercialization and the the, uh, professionalization of the agricultural sector where now most of these farmers are actually corporate farmers. Mm. that are having a fully-fledged farming enterprises that is run professionally and commercially. So provinces like the Eastern Cape, uh, province like Limpopo, part of KwaZulu-Natal in the northern part is growing very well now, and the Western Cape um, amongst the main drivers of the orange and, uh, and citrus in general mm. uh, commodities. And you will see that in some of those uh, provinces, you'll, have, you'll find very large um, orchards that are purely dedicated and focused on oranges because it's one of the um, fundamental factors to be successful in some of these highly skilled and specialized industries like citrus where you have to dedicate your life and resources in ensuring that you perfect the art and science of growing the citrus industry. Okay, so it's big estate farms. And I think that's also where some of the limitations have come in in other aspects of the agricultural economies. When people say we can't compete, they mean, yeah, I can run an allotment in my backyard, but I cannot buy hectares and hectares of land and farm on such a large scale. And that's really where people like the Land Bank and many other interventions have been sought to help to nurture a class of big estate black farmers. Am I correct? I, 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 I couldn't agree with you more than what you just said. And partly it's also not only just the challenge of South Africa, it's also a challenge of other African states as well as some of the developing countries because the markets that take for you to gain economies of scale so that you can be able to be competitive in the international market. I mean, even what we call mega scale farms in South Africa, if you were to compare those sometimes with some of the industries in China or in America, you will find that we still rank relatively small. So absolutely, as you said, that Gaining economies of scale give you a competitive edge into the international markets, which tends to be one of the barriers for the small-scale farmers, mm-hmm. particularly the previously disadvantaged uh, farmers that are having limited access to land or limited mm-hmm. access to finance, as you've mentioned, land bank, mm-hmm. for them to actually develop these farms. So one of the things which we often promote is to then a sharing of common interest and aggregation models so that if you are three or four farms in the same vicinity and area where you're sharing the, wind, uh, the weather patterns and the soil tap, you can aggregate your outputs so that you are able to gain economies of scale and have a better chances of surviving in the, in the markets. And it's not only just the international market. Even now, um, domestic market, if you're looking at fresh produce market, mm. if you're looking at our retailing um, um, enterprises, other retailers that are looking large volumes because they have a network now that cut across not only in South Africa, mm. but also in the SADC and up to beyond the SADC region. Oh, okay. This is so fascinating. And so... With market conditions shifting because tariff and export rules are changing, uh, you also refer to a few supply chain constraints. um, And I don't know what it costs to run a successful uh, citrus exporting business. So what are the things you would like um, the regulators to do? What are the interventions you'd like to see? 
so I, I think let's give also a, a listener a sense of these cost of it. So typically in the citrus industries and in the fruit in general, um, because it's a long-term investment. Um, I think even though technologies are, in, are increasing now in the avocado, they've reduced that number to about two years. But you're looking at a, a, at the lead time of anything between three to four years to reach the, up from planting the, the tree up until it reach what we call a bearing level of giving you the fruits. And one of the things <clears throat> is the high cost of establishment. You're looking anything up to a million rand a hectare to establish a commercial citrus farmer. And it depending also on the part of the country where you're in, that could be slightly below a million or above a million, putting infrastructure, roads and other things. And and so the the the, the ability of creating a financing system that will enable any farmer, whether it's small or large, to access affordable financing. And I think it's one of the major problems that we are seeing. And the, with the plan and finance that has been launched with the with the land bank and the IDC, and hopefully now it will go to with the commercial banks, is one of the welcome steps by government that will help with dealing with that. And you correctly said that also in terms of the markets, because <clears throat> we see in the Western market is the issue of the sanitary and the phytosanitary issues, but also the issues of the technical barriers like climate change and labeling yes. and the, uh, measuring the carbon content embedded into the product are some of the challenges that are being used to, um, to increase the barrier to those markets. Now, when you go to the eastern part of the world on those markets, are the markets that are welcoming because they have increasing purchasing power of consumers, but they also have less intense uh, non-tariff barriers. But the challenge with them is that there's higher tariffs to enter to that. So it's some of the areas that we're hoping the policymakers will really advance into them and increase them. Yeah. And there's also some of the structural issues in the in the domestic market that we also have to really engage with them. Uh, issues such as the excess and uh, un- uninterrupted um, supply of energy, as well as efficiencies in our port system mm. so that we increase the competitive mm. edge of the industries. So those are the, some of also the silent factors that needs to be really dealt with properly mm. to ensure you have a fully oh, functional wow. and efficient value okay. chain. So even the logistics, the same way the logistics are hampering mining exports, they're also hampering uh, agricultural exports if the ports are not running at, at, at capacity. And perhaps maybe even worse than other industries because you're dealing with a perishable Absolutely. product. Yeah. So every hour, every minute at times, because you, you also, sure. once the product has been harvested, it needs to, to go what we call the cold value yeah. chain. So the temperature of that fruit needs to be kept at a constant yeah. certain temperature level. So should there be challenges in that you're impacting the quality of that product when mm. it reaches the market? We'll continue in a moment, Dr. Fison Dombela. Getting you what you need to know. Power Talk. Weekdays 9 a.m. to noon on Power 98.7. We're talking about South Africa's citrus industry, seemingly another casualty of supply chain constraints caused by logistics problems um, in the area of uh, freight rail port exports, but also a subject of what seems to be unfair uh, imposition of uh, import tariffs in markets like Europe that have traditionally always been very protect- protective of their own farming economies. Issues that have literally delayed conclusion of deals at WTO level for years, even though um, those negotiations for the liberalized talks in trade have ended. 
But really, these were some of the sticky issues. And what we're seeing is different ways in which health and safety standards or things like that are just being used as a way to just try to keep South African importers at bay. And why? Because it turns out South Africa is a very big exporter of citrus products, the second largest in the world, bringing in almost $2 billion worth of revenue from the export of oranges, lemons and citrus products um, and employing over 100,000 people. So it's actually very, very important. It's a very important part of the agricultural economy. What about the tit for tats, Dr. Svison Dombela, uh, advisor to the Minister of Agriculture? You know, it said that we talk about the challenges South African exports face abroad, but apparently there have also been um, things like suspensions of imports uh, from the EU, like uh, Valencia oranges. So, so South Africa's also uh, tried to protect its industry by uh, creating barriers of entry to others. I, I think this because you have the you have to issue a phytosanitary in all in in all the commodities that you, you you get so that you are able to safeguard the borders of the country against any other foreign pest and so forth. So those are usually based on then that are you able to ensure that you meet all the standards that you have. Of course, South Africa is not only just an export-orientated uh, agriculture. We also import large commodities such as in, the, in, in poultry, um, in rice, uh, palm oil, and other commodities. So I think if you're looking in terms at the aggregate picture of South African po- uh, trade policy, is the country that is um, welcoming in terms of the um, imports, but also increasingly ensuring that you also create opportunities for farmers to export their product. And I think it's a policy that we have um, maintained for, 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 for the last two decades. Two decades, and we continue to really expand on it. It was one of the very um, priority areas um, during the ministers of agriculture and briggs uh, as the, the ministers were also engaging in, in, in these challenges of how do you really start now increasing the opportunities of agricultural sector. <clears throat> you, you just mentioned a very important thing also around the, some of the endless discussion at the WTO level that tends to not see conclusion and which impacts the, the, the growth of the agricultural mm. sector in particular. You will recall um, uh, uh, across all, econom- all sectors in the economy, mm. uh, not only in South Africa, globally, mm. from the times of God up until the evolution mm. of the WTO, mm. agricultural sector is one of the areas that has been highly contested in mm. every engagement and round of, mm. uh, of discussion that you have. Mm. And most of the time has always been about the protection of that industry. Mm. So you, even at a time when the tariffs were reduced at the WTO engagement, particularly the, we've seen a, a, a major shift in tariffs yeah. um, in the Uruguay round in 1994 mm. or 1995. But with the removal of the tariffs, we've seen a massive increase in the non-tariff barriers, mm. which is the issue that we're talking about today in the, mm. at the moment in terms of the citrus industry. Mm. And also the protection of it, because it's not only just about the SPS, but it's also the subsidies, mm. because some of the um, uh, developed in, um, countries or industrialized countries, they still very much um, yeah. subsidize their industries. To give a, a listener what I'm talking yeah. about, if you're looking at a typical farmer in South Africa, um, in terms of the government subsidies, they are less than 2.5%. Yeah. 
in general, and most of those are generic services. While that number is relatively high when you're looking at Europe or in mm. America, even in some of the developing countries, which tends to be an unfair, unfair competition that you put. So South Africa then, that's where, as you were mentioning earlier, put then these mechanisms mm. in place to safeguard the, mm. the, the survival as well as the sustainability of mm. the domestic producers. Okay. So as we say goodbye to you then, um, what thought would you like to leave us with as South Africans? Should we all go out there and buy more oranges? get healthy for summer or what absolutely absolutely <laughs> absolutely and we are the one of the best producers of oranges not only oranges all products yeah they are available in the local market we are moving towards the end of the season though the summer fruits are also coming up very uh, good now so you will be enjoying a very tasty citrus and at the same time improving your immune system ah oh, thank you so much Dr. Swison Tombela, Vice President of the Agricultural Economics Association of South Africa and Special Advisor to the Minister of Agriculture. I have to admit, Owen and Nyakalo, I'm not very good at eating oranges. You know why? Because mm-hmm. it's the peeling for me. The peeling is too much hard work. But I can drink an orange juice. And you know that I drink copious amounts of orange juice. But you just sit there and peel the thing. I just I- cut it. Okay. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.